0: Since 1912, the Better Business Bureau has been an integral part of American business. BBB represents knowledge for consumers, resources for business owners, and accountability for all in a free market. We believe that informed is empowered. Empowered people run better businesses, make better buying decisions, and build better communities. That's why we're broadcasting information you need to know to work better, buy better, give better, live better. This is BBB Presents. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. BBB presents Best Practices for a Pandemic, featuring the Cincinnati based human resource consultant firm, Strategic HR. BBB's Sarah Kemmerer will talk with Strategic HR's president and founder, Robin Throckmorton, about the policies and procedures business owners should have in place as they reopen.
1: Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Sarah Kemmerer with your Cincinnati Better Business Bureau. Today we are joined by Robin Throckmorton, President and Founder of Strategic HR Inc. here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Robin has over 30 years of human resource experience in healthcare, manufacturing, service, and even nonprofit organizations. She and her company provide HR support in areas like recruitment, benefits and compensa- compensation, record keeping and legal compliance, and so much more. Strategic HR actually won the Ohio Success Award in 2020 by the Ohio Business Magazine, and they are also the Woman-Owned Business of the Year of 2019, named by the, Cl- by the Claremont Chamber of Commerce, along with countless, countless awards. We could have our own podcast that's on that. And needless to say, I am thrilled to have her on the show today. Please welcome Robin Drockmorton. Morton.
2: Uh, Well, Sarah, thank you so much. You are too kind. (laughs) But I am excited to be here today, so thank you for inviting me and including me. Of course. Now, before we
1: speak and dive right into it, I didn't realize how much goes into opening a business back up. Um, Business owners and leadership teams are working through issues of working from home, furloughs and layoffs, reopening procedures, and even exposure protocol. So, of course, businesses want to follow the rules. And I think most importantly, keep their staff and customers safe. So while some companies are able to work remotely, others need to work in person in order to continue these operations. So the first question I have is, can we require or allow certain groups of employees but not others to work from home?
2: Great question, Sarah. We, we've actually gotten that up quite a bit lately, and mm-hmm. it, it's so funny the different places that businesses are and what they're facing and how quickly the rules can change, too. So, yes. <laughs> like, the quick answer to your question is yes. You can allow certain groups of people to work remotely and others not. Um, in, in general, different benefits or terms of employment can vary that way. Mm-hmm. The biggest key is making sure that there's not, it's not discriminatory at all. It's a very non discriminatory business reason, for example, um you know an office team may be able to telecommute whereas a manufacturing team may not be able to commute mm-hmm. or maybe your hourly employees need to be on site and your salaried employees may not. so it really depends on the situation that you might have and really looking at the business reasons why you allow one group and not allow the other and that will really help you to justify it. Um, I always tell people kind of heads up. Some employees may not really understand why or why not they're being provided the opportunity. so it's important to be able to um, explain to them what you're doing and, and help them understand when work can be done remote and what can't, work can't be done remote and make sure you really spell out the expectations of what they'll be doing if they're working remotely.
1: Okay, so it sounds like there are a lot of factors at work here and we know that businesses are trying to find as many working avenues as possible to keep their staff employed. Um, And unfortunately, there's no one size fits all here. So let's say a business is struggling because of COVID-19 and maybe they can't afford to pay people and they may have to close. So what can they do in this type of situation?
2: That's one of the tough um, questions we've seen so many businesses facing in the last four months of um, COVID-19 mm-hmm. is just how what do I do to keep my business going? So it's definitely been a difficult situation for both the employer and the employees. And I know so many of the employers are trying to do as much as they can for the employees, too. I, I, I've mm-hmm. seen some of them in tears. <laughs> um, kind, there's basically a few options that you have when you're looking at i got to do something to change. Um, a lot of people are not familiar with the concept of being able to furlough your employees. And what that would be is kind of a temporary time off for an employee or a group of employees where you either reduce the hours they work, the days they work, or even the weeks they work. Um, And we've seen some businesses doing that because they are still technically employees, but they can draw unemployment and they can continue the benefits when they're on a furlough. Okay. Versus we have had some say, you know what, we intend to hire people back but uncertain of when and not able to really carry the benefits and, and it's more like you're going to come back in even as long as six months. So those are more of a temporary layoff. Again, they can draw on employment. They would go on to COBRA if there's benefits involved. And then when you get to the point of rehiring them, you'd bring them back on board as new new hires. And then, of course, the last option is is just permanent layoffs with no plans to bring anyone back. Um, Obviously, you see a lot of organizations in that boat that may bring those people back. It's just trying to see in the crystal ball and figure out what's going to be the best solution and where do they think they're going to be later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The best thing, and I just had that conversation with someone else, is making sure you're just very clear in your communication about what your decision is. Um, I always stress that business-related reason, and, and when you're identifying what groups might fall into a furlough or a layoff, it's really important to run that decision past an HR consultant and or an attorney just to make sure there's not you know, accidental discrimination that might take place. Um and you want to just really look closely because it does it does happen and you don't realize mm-hmm. that it that it you didn't pick it that way, but it happened that way unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So um and I think the biggest thing right now is helping people understand when they can get unemployment and encouraging them to apply for it.
1: Okay, so now of course that states are slowly returning to work. Um, maybe after months of being shut down. So, what can a company do when a furloughed or laid off staff employee, maybe they refuse to return to work when they're recalled?
2: Well, and we've been worried about it all along because there have been so many people impacted, and there's still people that just don't want to come back to work for a variety yep. of reasons. So, um could make that list pretty long for you, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the best thing, and no matter what that reason is, is talk to them. You know, find out. Why it is that they feel uncomfortable returning to work. You know, if it's they just don't want to come back to work, that's totally different than maybe the employee saying, I'm afraid to come back. You know, I don't want to get sick or I have high risk situations. So it's really looking at each of their situations and understanding better what it is, why they don't want to come back. Um, mm-hmm. Some that are just fearful, being able to share with them what the company's been doing to keep the employee safe. You know, the temperature and health checks as you come in in the morning, um, hand sanitizer, masks are so critical. So mm-hmm. all those steps that a company's taking, making sure the employee understands all them. Um, there may be situations where the person maybe has a health condition that doesn't allow them to come back to work too high risk. Yeah. Um, so you, if you can, you might be able to extend them through a telecommuting option or something like that so that it keeps them protected, and that could be an accommodation if they qualify under Americans with Disability Act or ADA. Mm-hmm. Again, if you get into ones that are at all, just feel different or feel like they could be challenged, it's, again, a good time to just run it past your consultant or your attorney just because you don't want to get into a situation where someone feels like you violated their rights under any of mm-hmm. the laws out there. Um we're seeing some employees ecstatic to get back to the office, and we're seeing others saying, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's been pretty nice working at home. You know? Right. Um, so you really got to look at your organization and, and what what is going to work best for you. Um, I've seen some do it, and it's gone really well just to convert over to working from home, and others, they just don't. Um, The best thing to, again, get the support of the employees is help them understand what the business reason is behind why you may say we need to work at the office or we don't. Um, Biggest thing I'm often also seeing is if an employee flat out is refusing to come back to work and you've tried to work through it in every Mm -hmm. way, then they would be basically terminated from your organization, and their claim technically would get rejected for unemployment, um, it could, I should say. It's up to Ohio Jobs and Family Services, but they could reject it because the person had work offered to them and refused to come back. So um, it, I always encourage employers to make sure the employee's is aware of that when they're making that decision.
1: Yeah. So what it sounds like to me is you all have seen every situation under the sun. And it's so good to know that there are many options for business owners to consider, um, because just like you mentioned, it's important to stay flexible, and each employee situation is so different. So with all these new changes related to COVID-19, should business owners maybe update their policies and procedures?
2: absolutely um... we actually encourage employers on an annual basis to be looking at your employee handbook your policies your practices to see what needs to change but this year especially there's probably a lot of things that you've had to change on a dime um and to be able to accommodate what's going on so definitely looking at for example attendance or leave policies
1: yeah um,
2: that could be even your PTO i'm hearing a lot of discussion about well nobody's taken PTO and we don't you know you can't carry it over so how are you going to encourage employees to take that time or maybe they don't have any time because they've been off sick so really looking at your policies and do they support the current culture and environment that we're in um, if someone's diagnosed with COVID and get a positive test, what are you going to do for them? What's your procedure of how you're going to handle it in the workplace and how you're going to handle them? And then what options do they mm-hmm. have available to them? Um, even early on when we saw employers you know move, move to remote work because of the orders to stay at home, we were encouraging them to really spell out what their telework policy was so that employees understood what was expected of them and knew what to do and what not to do from home. And then probably the most important one is even right now that the I'll call it the health checks in the morning. Mm-hmm. Making sure that there's a temperature check, that your temperature's not over the hundred point four and you ask the key questions to make sure they're okay to be in the workplace. Um, even just repeating the why behind all that, I think we quickly forget the reason we're making sure we have our masks on and do this is this, <laughs> and, and it's not something you can let slip uh, and go away. So I think it's really going to be important to kind of make sure you have that process in place and kind of remind employees every so often so they don't forget and get, get mm-hmm. a little slack in it.
1: <laughs> right. So that, that sound, even though that may sound like a lot to um, the, our business owners and leadership teams who are listening, it's very obviously important to make sure that these policies and procedures are up to date, because who only knows what's going to happen next? So, we're also seeing employers bringing, and potentially we don't see it often, but bringing COVID 19 back into the workplace. So, what do employers do when one of their employees tests positive?
2: It is panicking folks right and left when it happens because it doesn't you don't think it's going to happen to you but unfortunately from everything we're hearing we're probably all going to experience it at some point we're all going to probably get it at some point the best thing an employer can do is try to have a little bit of a plan ahead of time so what they're going to need to do if that happens and that could be everything from the individual that tests positive how are you going to isolate them you know get them out of the workplace even if they need to go get tested they are tested making sure they're at home but also um cleaning sanitizing the area where they may have been in at all um mm-hmm if there's anybody that's been involved at all with with that employee working straight with them you need to also find out what what individuals may have been exposed um, i know i've done i've looked around for a vendor that you know when this happens it doesn't just have to be me that's sanitizing the area. Mm-hmm. It could actually be an organization you have in your contingency plan that you can call and help you with the cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Some yes. employees may test positive and have no symptoms, so could they even telework while they go through the 14-day quarantine? So really looking at what some of those options might be for the employee, but also protecting the rest of the employees. Um, CDC is also now really encouraging people to do the contact tracing. You know, who did you touch during this period where you might have been exposing others? And Mm -hmm. there's a great rule of thumb that they put out there that if you worked within six feet or less, of mm-hmm. someone and you talked with them or worked with them for more than 15 minutes and it was within that 40 hours prior to being um, symptoms, then you really probably need to make sure they're notified that, you know, that person had a positive test. And I think I say that even wrongly because the biggest thing with health health issues and privacy issues is you're not going to go around and say, hey, Robin just tested positive. <laughs> you're going to say one of our employees has tested positive and doing the tracing. We understand you may have been in contact with them following. And these standards and making them aware so that they can take the precautions they want to pay attention to their temperature their symptoms that type of thing is yeah. really important um at least to let people know
1: right so obviously that that is quite a big deal, but there are so many procedures to um that these employers can go to, go through to make sure that the rest of their staff stays safe, and maybe that one individual employee won't feel as bad, or they're just taking the proper procedures to make sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else in the office. So kind we've of
2: balanced. Yeah, yeah. As I was say, Sarah, we've seen a lot of restaurants and retail are the ones having the hardest time with it because immediately the public's like, "Oh, XYZ restaurant just had a positive test. Don't eat there anymore." And that's not the case. We're all going to get it. And the Mm -hmm. more um, advanced planning you do, and even like a restaurant or retail establishment, what's going to be your communication, not just to your employees, but to the public, too? And knowing that before you're in it will be a lot easier than trying to create it in a panic.
1: Yeah, after it happens. So kind of going off that, what happens if an employee um, lives in a household with someone who tests positive?
2: Um, If someone in the household actually tests positive, they should self-quarantine for 14 days per what CDC is suggesting as kind of precautions. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't, recommend that you um quarantine those that maybe are exposed but don't have symptoms. You know, if you some people are at work, doesn't mean you need to send your whole office home because they got exposed. Right. Um you're gonna look closely at whether they have symptoms. But if someone's living with someone at home, you know, almost the twenty four seven, there's a better chance that they probably are going to get test positive. So encouraging right. them to self-quarantine is going to be really important. Um, and like I said earlier, it's confidential, too. I, you know, some some of our smaller businesses, it's pretty obvious who the person is, but <laughs> you want to be as, as um, confidential about who is sick and what's going on and what they're doing, just that we have an individual that's tested positive and these are the precautions we're taking to help make sure we all stay safe and healthy.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like it's really important for maybe if you know as an employee Maybe you've been, test- you've been tested um, and you test positive or you have been in contact with someone in your home, out and about, um, it's important to speak up and say, hey, I have been in contact with this person and this person and um, in my household to make sure that um, – or maybe they're embarrassed to speak up about it and say, hey, I've gone to this place and been exposed.
2: Yeah, I've seen that a lot. I mean, the biggest thing is if you're exposed, it's, you know, watching yourself, watching your temperature, watching your symptoms, because you may have been exposed and not gotten it. Maybe you both had masks on. Yeah. You know, maybe there was no, you know, transfer of the germs. Um, so it's not that if you've been exposed you need a quarantine or run until your employer, but you do want to watch it very closely um, to see if you do develop symptoms. Um, there's a lot of testing sites now. I've even heard people going ahead and getting the antibodies test because I think they may have even already had it. But mm-hmm. just be aware. And I keep hearing over and over the best solution to all this is if everybody has a mask on. Right.
1: <laughs> well, this has been very informative, Robin. I'm so happy you were able to walk walk through us um, or walk with us through the latest in business policies and procedures during this time as we're still trotting along through the COVID
2: pan- um, COVID-19 pandemic. It, it's definitely been interesting. It's kept us all on our toes and seeing things that we've never thought we'd ever see, and maybe creating the new normal for us. So I appreciate being able to share, and happy to share anything we may know that will help other individuals and businesses. Wonderful, this, um, crazy time,
1: <laughs> and we'll get through it. Well, thank you, Robin, so much. And I'm Sarah Kemmer with your Cincinnati Better Business Bureau, and we will talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Bookmark our site dedicated to resources for consumers and businesses in challenging times at covid19cincy.org. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at bbb.org.